Hello. Hello. If you like this podcast, tell an influencer. That'd really help. Help us get a review in some in some press. Help people hear that it's good from people whose opinion they trust. That would be great. What have you, have you got a promotion? Uh, yes, I'm going to pr- promote the BrightonNaturalHealthCentre.org.uk, a Brighton-based charity that offers well-being classes based around movement and things and exercise. That's going to be opening next week, reopening on the 25th of July, and in the meantime, has lots of Zoom classes available for you to be feeling well about. Wunderbar. If you want to improve your life using data, come and find me at goodtohear.co.uk and sign up for my mailing list. And I write lots of things and you get a free book called Tracking Happiness and you get to see all sorts of ideas about just organising yourself into just making everything brilliant. How about that? Goodtohear.co.uk slash free. Wow. Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly chat between two very professional speaking DJ types. What do you call it? Radio journalists. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Radio journalist. Extraordinaire. I don't think we are those things <laughs> journalists have to look stuff up journalists have to look stuff up don't they hey and, we keep uh, po- yeah look we cite references we do yes we it's have fine. references <laughs> <laughs> okay yes all right um, moving on this week this i just had not thought of what how i was going to describe the podcast i mean ideally we would just have a canned description of the podcast we'd use every week but i'm committed to this you know 133 episodes in still trying to make up something each week to describe the podcast such that it can never uh, catch on because no one knows how to describe it so keep changing it awesome this week we're going to talk about uh individualism through a lens of sort of talking about uh, libertarianism, personal responsibility, contrast with, uh, you know, like socialism and communism and that kind of thing, thinking about other people, valuing the, the group over the individual uh, versus neoliberalism's valuing of the individual, valuing and blaming the individual over the, the institutions or the society. What with all these new COVID cases in the US suddenly appear, just appearing because of this libertarian attitude everyone's got, which is, you know, basically selfish, selfishness. Well, don't give away your opinion in the intro, Michael. <laughs> Why would people listen? <laughs> we both came to this episode with thoughts on the same topic, but from different angles. Mine was this headline of 70,000 new COVID cases in America yesterday. And then I, I watched a video in the week of some people walking around Florida giving out masks and the resistance they got from people, which were wildly aggressive also here they've remade they've made it once again 
necessary to wear masks in public spaces because they had not in public spaces inside public spaces not outside um yeah. but they had they had loosened the, the 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 mask rules and obviously the co- cases were going up so we now have to wear our masks again everybody has to wear a mask and frankly i feel much more comfortable being yeah. in places it's very uncomfortable with wishy-washy rules Frank, I yes. feel very uncomfortable. I feel much more comfortable. Well, I had yeah. to go to the police station to pick something up and everybody was wearing a mask and the people behind mm. the counter could very easily say to somebody, please go outside, there are too many people inside, wait outside, there's only two people allowed. It yeah. was just clear and it makes you feel safer, yeah. I think. Yes, exactly. I, I had a haircut this week and like the guy wore gloves but he didn't wear a mask and I didn't give him a like he's a guy that's been cutting my hair for years and I didn't want to like and I think I might have been the first person he's cut his hair for a while because it was like the first appointment on the first day that I'd seen he was back but still I I just kind of thought like yeah it's like yeah anyway I was I was I was holding this mask on my I was like awkwardly trying to kind of hold it on while still allowing him access to like yeah um so I don't know. Yeah, like uh, it, we're getting the rules here that everyone's got to do it soon, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, in the UK, so finally, and it's you just like you know we could have saved ourselves a lot of heartache if we'd just done this in the first place, like yeah. South Korea and places like that. Anyway, that's uh, that's yes. We'll we'll get into it. I, I've been thinking about personal responsibility, and ter- I think that's quite a com- complicated subject as well. So hopefully we can get into that too. Anyway, here's the here's the music. Uh, I've had a good week. We did have a night. uh, Nick woke up in the middle of the night with a very painful eye. So painful that we had to go to A&E. Because he's been welding. And despite being as careful as he can be, he's sort of, he's done, got arc eye, they call it, which is where you kind of burn, burn your cornea. Uh, So Um. he was in a lot of pain at two o'clock in the morning and I phoned the emergency services number here in Croatia. Here they sort of like some, but you go, hello, I've, my husband's in pain. What can I do? And they go, I'll put you through to a doctor in a very uninterested way. <laughs> put me through to a doctor and she goes, well, someone's going to have to look at his eye. You're going to have to go to A&E. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> so, so then I had to phone uh, a neighbour to come and sit in the house where she's at a neighbour, and we'll, we'll call her an auntie type person because I've known her my whole life, but I phoned her up at two o'clock in the morning and said, can you come round and sit in the house so we don't have to wake the child up while we go to A&E? So we did, and she very kindly came round. We got in a car, went, and this is an island that is not very populated, so obviously we rocked up. Uh, we had our masks on. Nick went in, they put some anti anesthetic in his eye and washed it and then told him to go and see the eye specialist tomorrow. Uh, luckily for us, Thursday is the day that eye specialist visits the <laughs> island. <laughs> That's very convenient. This is Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday morning, got up, uh, went to see the eye specialist who was very reassuring, very, she checked him out. She also said, well, why are you here? Looks like you've got a bit of infection, blah, blah, blah. Gave him some stuff. 
And uh, what what I enjoyed really about the whole experience was the or her calmness, authority. Because I I think I may have complained before about how doctors in Croatia behave like gods because they're treated like gods mm. and this has not all of them are so rude many of them don't you know they, they treat you as an eyeball or a nose or whatever rather than as mm. a person she was very nice but also we were in the waiting room and there was an old man with his mask under his nose yeah and she just looked at him and went mask on nose mask on nose mask on nose mask on nose until he, she said if you don't have it on your nose it doesn't work mask on and, they, and he kept going but 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 she's going mask on. It's, quite, it's a beautiful thing i loved it it was like delivered with such calm authority she was also six foot five or something so she had this advantage of being huge and very authoritative so i enjoyed that so he's okay. He's going to be okay. He's okay. Nothing's he's going to be okay. Out. No, nothing's, nothing's uh, fallen out. Nothing's, but he's just got to uh, have one not, eye, not one go ear. help for leather. Yeah, one, exactly. <laughs> one leg. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, exactly. It's like for a man with only one working ear, you'd think you'd take a bit more care of his eyes. <laughs> anyway, but yes, but and it, this also got me thinking, which I will ask you how you are in a moment. That's I okay. Will. Um, <laughs> got me thinking as well about this sort of, this way we are conditioned by uh, modern consumerism and everything. It's just to keep pushing through, ploughing through. Like, you know, when we're talking about fiaca and working through the heat and working through the sun and just creating more protection, when actually, like, if something hurts, just fucking stop. Don't support it. <laughs> sit down. Relax. Anyway, how's your week, Michael? My week's been good. I've been, I made a change on Sunday, I thought I'm going to start grinding for mortgage money or whatever, for buying house money. So one of the effects of that was that I finally just, I did ran the numbers on my gym membership and thought that's that's a lot. And they were calling me to talk about reopening this week and it didn't sound like it was going to be the same anyway. And I've been sort of like doing it on my own for, I've been forced to do all this stuff on my own for a few, a couple of months now. And I'm feeling relatively confident about it. So I thought... Yeah, which is really sad. I did feel very sad about it, uh, but uh, because it was sort of my only social, <laughs> like recurring social situation as well. But yeah, like everything now, it's it's not really going to be the same anyway. There's not going to be, you know, they're not going to be having big gatherings or things like that. So until we get this, uh, get this, you know, vaccine, hopefully before the next pandemic emerges, COVID-21 emerges, um... Yeah, so that happened, and also I, I uh, had a haircut. So yeah, and I mentioned that already. So that's exciting. What well, transformational week, indeed. Let's talk about the subject. Where should we start? Should we start with libertarianism versus what is the opposite of libertarianism? Not being selfish. <laughs> Well, libertarianism, I, I, you know, some of my best friends are libertarian. No, oh, some no. people I admire would class themselves as libertarians. And for certain things or certain elements of life, I think libertarianism is cool. Like if you want to, I don't know, paint yourself a funny colour or draw your, make your hair 
um, we, I don't know, do live stuff off that the grid, like other. live on a boat, live off the don't, grid. you know, yeah, don't do, do the same thing everyone else is doing. Like that's that's okay. Yeah, that's cool. But I think like that. But then there's certain things that are impossible to separate from other people, and for those there has to be some form of regulation. And we've got all this talk now of like, you know, de, um, uh, defund the police and all this stuff about, uh, I don't know whether I hadn't thought about this ahead of recording, but it is that sort of like, we do need regulation. And in the light of, I think COVID makes it really apparent that a, there is a need for regulation because there is absolutely nowhere to hide there is no scenario in which you can protect yourself unless everybody is protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. And by that, when I say everybody and you, I mean every country, every town, every village, every continent. You cannot separate yourself away from these things. And that, you know, that it's just very visceral and visible that it needs to be done in a, in a collective way. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's no way other interpretation. Yeah, I would say in terms of libertarianism, it's it's sort of like you've got to have a moral code with that, that um, you are thinking about other people. Like if you're just out for yourself and don't care about anyone else, that's not libertarianism. That's just selfishness. No. Libertarianism is yeah. I, but, because so often the rule and, and often the rules are wrong. <laughs> Often the state yes, is trying yes, to do yes, stuff yes, that it yes. shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think like clarity and is well, clarity is really important around those rules, especially when it comes to a pandemic. Um, but when it's like wrong rules that are really strictly enforced, that's that's yeah. what we're sort of reacting against with libertarianism. And um, you know, so once yeah. you get into sort of like drugs, you know, the hardline zero tolerance on drugs as long as you're black, like that kind of attitude, like yeah, that, yeah. that's that's where we see. That's why people become libertarian that's why people sort of reject the state as an idea so the state needs to you know find its level and take responsibility for the stuff that it's you know that the collective stuff that wouldn't otherwise happen um the latest intercept podcast that Rutger, had Rutger Bregman on it uh, with so talking to Mehdi Hassan so that was a fun conversation and he was sort of like um Rutger's sort of like quite not happy about Stephen Pinker's sort of outlook on things. And he sort of, like, Stephen Pinker sort of, like, leans into the Hobbes Leviathan, the state is needed, otherwise people just sort of murder each other. Which, you know, I've I've said this on this podcast and I thought it was quite persuasive. Rutgers, um, you know, the, the, the fact that most people are pretty good... Um, yeah. did manifest itself in sort of prehistoric societies. And it was it sort of the problem. He, rec- he says the problems started coming in with um, with farming and, you know, settling down and all that kind of thing. Um, but I, I guess I'll, I'll need to read his new book and see how it affects my thinking about all this stuff in terms of the sort of gradual improvement to, to how lives are lived under sort of authority and institutions that that have sort of a, a, an artifact of the modern world in many ways I, but i'd have to see his stuff because i i think it's hard to say that you know ancient egypt enslaving lots and lots of people america enslaving lots of people who's got the strongest 
army sort of sets sets the rules. It just it means a lot of people don't get to be human beings. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about all that. But having the right rules and also having enough ability to sort of like adapt to the situation as it evolves rather than if it takes you a year to implement some rules say that face masks are mandatory then that's too slow yeah um, I think yeah I, th- I think that there's um a uh, there's a there's a there's a fun going back to your Rutger Bergman for a minute or Bregman um is uh, Christian posted a thing on Instagram this week and I'll read it because I think it's relevant. It's only it's a picture of a bit of a book, and he says uh, it says this is a book about a radical idea, an idea that's long been known to make rulers nervous, an idea denied by religious and ideologies, uh, ignored by the news media, and erased from the annals of world history. At the same time, it's an idea that's legitimised by virtually every branch of science, one that's corroborated by evolution and confirmed by everyday life, an idea so intrinsic to human nature that it goes unnoticed and gets overlooked. If only we had the courage to take it more seriously. It's an idea that might just start a revolution, turn society on its head, because once you grasp what it really means, it's nothing less than a mind-bending drug that ensures you'll never look at the world (laughs) the same again. So what is this radical idea? I'm on the edge of my seat. That most people, deep down, are pretty decent. Mm. And it's uh, the book is uh, humankind a hopeful history, but and I haven't I haven't started reading the book, but that's the same thing that um, Kate Raworth talks about in um, Donor Economics. She talks mm. about the fact that like we've been sold this idea that we're all pitted against each yeah. other, and we've talked we've talked about this. I always go back to this. Um, you know, your games theory that cooperation yeah. is long term yeah. much more beneficial than competition. And I, I think there's something uh, there are there are some, you know, yes, of course, in some instances on a on a micro level, you know, have a game of chess, be better than your friend, get mm. together regularly and, you know, beat each other at pub quizzes. But walk home together share a cab you know like do you know, what I mean? you know it's like yeah, a, yeah. a like and, and, and know, cooperation wouldn't feel so good if they you know, we're, we're, that's why it feels good and like getting into a fight does not feel good like getting angry at yeah. someone doesn't feel good being afraid of someone doesn't like these things don't feel good because that's no, what no, no, the no. feelings are the feelings are sort of what we are like we're programmed yeah, to yeah. Sort of react in different ways to different situations and we like the ones where everyone's getting along because you know that's that's just yeah, nicer yeah. I mean, it's just better it is it is it is and i and i think you know that the the masks are a wonderful <laughs> visible thing at the moment of you know all the things that we do as individuals that are selfish and aren't beneficial broadly to society we've suddenly got this badge on our faces <laughs> that is like if we're it's, this is the this is what it looks like where we're when we're all trying to survive something together. Yeah. Recording peas. Maybe we can just jump into personal responsibility because I I think I've got I I just want to unpick this with you really like a conservative perspective is on personal responsibility is that people shouldn't blame other people for their own. Like they should just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and like figure it out, and and they will. People will get painted. People that aren't doing very well will get painted as 
not trying hard enough. And mm. I, I think like conservatism almost entirely rejects the institutional responsibility, the role of institutions and the role of the state in the achievements of the individual. And we've got this this belief, this mass hallucination that and with 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 sort of examples to back it up, like we, we, we love the stories of someone who pulled themselves out of nowhere and succeeded in this. And you can only do that in America. You can only do that in a sort of like neoliberal society. Like it's money is the great equaliser. Everyone can succeed. You just have to work hard. Um, and people that whinge about the situation just aren't taking enough personal responsibility. And if they took personal responsibility for their own progress, then um they would be fine but like there's just and and i sort of on the one hand i don't want to say like if you're having problems blame you know institutional racism for everything because probably one or two things you could probably do something about but um i think sort of conservatives want to reject that entire the, the idea that there's any impact of institutions on individuals. And the same with like Mark Fisher's treatise on like mental health is um, like we blame, we, we describe, we look at it as an individual problem instead of as a, a societal problem. So we say, oh, this individual is mentally ill rather than this individual is living in a society, the same society we're all living in, which has a lot of problems. They just like reacted to it in a more extreme way. Um, but we just want to say, no, well, that's an isolated case of mental illness. And everyone else is fine, even though no one's fine. Everyone struggles with things in different ways. So one of the things I've been doing recently is deliberately seeking out sort of all my 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 Kindle reading material and everything like my my fiction my everything. I'm trying to find black authors. Hmm. Uh, it's one of my little you know personal. What can I do to be better? I'll do this. And I've been reading this novel, and the protagonist is a black woman working in a. Uh, it's called Queenie. I'm not finished it yet, and it's just it's just a novel, but like. It's kind of every every line reminds you of how far, how much further a black woman has to step up than I have to step up. Yeah, to, you know, like how much yeah. bigger that first step is, and it goes. And it, you know, I, I personally, I, I understand that I have privilege in certain aspects of my life and you know nobody who talks about black lives matter wants to downplay that life can be hard if you're a white person if you're a white woman like we can all have trickinesses in our life or challenges trickiness trivializes you know so i'm not i i but i appreciate my i appreciate my privilege in that when i walk in a room you know i am white i'm fair i've got blue eyes blah there's certain things that 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 i certain assumptions that are made of me that might not be made or aren't made of a black woman now but then i also know quite a few people in my life whose for example whose parents are incredibly wealthy and so they can do things like get seven hundred thousand pound bridging loans to buy the house that they want. Or I know a few people like that. And I, I was talk, I talked to Nick about it recently because somebody we know is is starting a business, and their whole approach is one that neither Nick or I would ever have taken. And I think it's and and we were boiling it down to the fact that we know what it's like to not, to not have enough, mm. and so there's a fear. 
associated with that or a lack of, and we've talked about this a thousand times in a thousand different ways. It's like you can't take personal responsibility for something that you don't have. Like I can't, how can I, I cannot approach opening a business or being brave. Some people can because they have an inherent bravery, yeah. perhaps. Or they've got nothing or to just, lose, maybe. Or nihilism. Yes, like, yeah. You know, I don't know where bravery and nihilism come together. At some mm-hmm. point it's like, well, f- it, I've got nothing to lose. I might as well give it a go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for those of us that maybe, maybe, uh, and, you, and I, I find it hard not to be envious. Those, you know, they're feelings in me that I don't like, or I don't acknowledge their successes as much. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's easy. Like this is a, a thing in the back of my brain that sits there where I'm like, well, well, well done. Well done. You know, like <laughs> mummy and daddy lent you loads of money, did they? You know, it's yeah. very, very hard for me to not be a child. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and yeah, but, yeah. And the shit someone would get if they tried a crazy business idea from a sort of position of poverty and then yeah, failed. Totally. The shit they'd get for that if they oh, well you did that was just a bad idea that was a stupid that was and you go stupid. this guy that is a billionaire that you think is brilliant yeah. did 10 of these before he did the one that was successful so how dare you <laughs> yeah 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 and, exactly and we don't it's see like, yeah. and and the, the problem with privilege is we just don't see the the barriers that we don't that aren't don't have, ahead of us yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like really hard to imagine and you know it's hard to kind of identify privilege from a position of privilege so all you can do is sort of pay attention to people that don't have it and go oh 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 right yeah and what's that what's that pulp song but the personal responsibility thing and privilege i think are so closely related as to be quite hard to separate mm. because you know like um i can't remember the kind it may even be been talking to you on podcasts i don't know but 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 i i was i've been recently having a conversation with somebody about the fact that when it comes to mental health you cannot know how somebody else is reacting to a situation you cannot know what brought them to being more adversely affected by some event than you Mm. you know you cannot you cannot know what what their experience was that's made them more sensitive to a thing that's made them and it's not a weakness it's not a lack of personal ability it's just who who they are and the series of their experiences that made them a person who gets very angry about a particular thing or gets very sad about a particular thing and to judge them I find tempting but like (laughs) it's yeah yeah it's tempting of course it is we all you know like it's very hard not to be judgmental I think it's quite a natural but that but then even the judgment comes from a it's like a competition isn't it I've done better than you well, I can see how you could do better, and that's the, that's what know. that's like, that's the, and that's 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 what, the core of a lot of this. If you set everyone up as competitors with each other, yeah. what kind of society does that create? That it, yeah. it, you know, it creates a world where everyone is encouraged to look for ways for ways to one up each other and pull one over on each other and like buy all the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> isn't you know. So many shocking examples recently, but then it settled back down, you know, people, but, but I'm sure people got told, you like, we've been taught through the media and through the current politics and competition and consumerism to behave like that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's it's, it's deeply ingrained, this idea that if you run out of toilet paper, that's your fault. That's that's basically the society we're living in, where where individualism is prized over sort of like you know collective responsibility. Um, I uh, I saw this comedian. I um, I, 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 what let's sort of kick this around for a bit. I I saw this comedian talking about how she'd sort of moved from Russia to America, and uh, as a child, I think, but like sort of older. But like she talked about. Um, taking an exam and how in the America everyone was sort of like protecting their answers and like you know you're sort of like not not allowed to look at anyone else's thing and you've got to just figure it out and, and she was saying like yeah well this it was weird to her because in Russia like if someone's having a problem with the exam someone else you know people help each other because they've got more of a maybe it was China but um like we're in a country that values the society over the individual it's it's I, I thought that was a, a nice sort of how it manifests sort of is um well I mean I, I'll give you well I so in in Yugoslavia in school and I think this is remained true now in Croatia in school is you have a class of children who are the same age and in the same year they are of whatever ability that particular net has cast so there's not the there's not the stream so there's not the people that doing what what do you call like the higher higher maths people Mm. the people doing you know gcse mid-level or whatever there's no no everybody's together and everybody's doing the same i found it unbelievable that when i came to england that you could do that people could be given a different exam paper. So the people who weren't expected to get more than a C were given a paper on which you couldn't get more than a C. And then it's so (laughs) weird. So weird. So weird. Whereas in Yugoslavia in school, it was different. Everyone's in the same class. There's no concept of it. We did have a couple of classes where you would be doing extra maths, but that wasn't core. That was like an extra little club thing. It wasn't core to your finishing school. Um, uh, and so so you could, you could be nourished more if you were talented at a particular thing. But in class, everyone was there the same. And then, but the teachers would also berate you as a class, and the leagues mm. were at a class level. So, if like somebody in class was on the board answering questions and they were rubbish, we'd all be whispering because <laughs> mm. we didn't want to be the worst class. We wanted to be the best class. Yeah. And I mean, I remember doing like dictations for English because we used to have to do, I learned English as a foreign language. As you can tell, that wasn't such a big challenge for me. So I'd be sitting there in the dictation going, like spelling out all the dictation so that all the people sitting near me knew what to write (laughs) um, without having, you know, like I I think that's quite a, I recognise that, but I think it's partly as well to do with this, like there is only one education, there is no private school option everybody's in the same class because they happen to be born the same year in the same town, mm. not because they're cleverer or deemed to be cleverer when they sat a test on a particular day or whatever it would be. Yeah. And it's, it's, it creates a different vibe for sure. That's not to say that Croats and Yugoslavs aren't competitive and horrible to each other as you know, history will sh- has shown repeatedly, but it, it does at a, at a school level, it creates a different vibe for sure. Is 
this um this makes me think about um I like when I did my leadership training and they talked about like the where where the sort of team some teams will be more sort of teamy and some will be sort of a bit more individualistic and and one of the problems with sort of everyone being in it for the team is you get these things like everyone no one feels like they can go home until the last person has gone home and that like I I resent you know the way I work isn't the same as the way the next person works so why should I feel like I have to stay until you know nine o'clock just because some other people are still there oh you can't go home before the boss is gone like that kind of attitude I I really really hate that and I suppose that's that's quite that's where my libertarianism where my individualism sort of starts to flare up yeah um because I can't I can't deal with it like I I've I've gone from being in a band to being a solo artist partly because it was just really hard to reconcile my goals with the goals of other people and um like people wanted to sort of like spread you know like divide it's it's all that where you've got to say what percentage of a song you wrote and what percentage of the song the other person wrote oh, and, and you start like breaking that down and it, it gets really like I, that gets unpleasant and my and my philosophy is if i do work with other people i'm not going to play that game it's going to be like well we split we evenly split whatever whatever's there because i just hate this idea that we've got to sort of like start accounting for the value of your work over my work over like uh, we'll, we'll we'll track time and we'll make sure that when we track time that we take into account thinking and you know things that maybe you're not yeah. specifically typing but that whole thing it's it can be difficult to find ways of like fairly working with other people uh, from the ground certainly that's been my experience like i, I and it, and usually i've ended up just like losing the relationship because i couldn't figure out how to reconcile the the cooperation but i think in a weird way i'd sort of say that that sort of working together like your example of you know people staying late because everyone on the team, they don't want to be the one that lets down the team and goes home early. But a good team should recognise that people have different challenges. But it's kind of a... But, like, there's a there are certain things in, in life that are so intrinsically connected to other people that I think they, they, they should be treated as this cooperation, like education, like healthcare, like road construction like power supply like all these kind of stuff like masks so you know what i saw today um we're redoing uh they're redoing our pavements it's quite exciting they're putting some nice like light colored like solid it's gonna look like one of those posh streets i reckon or maybe a little bit nicer anyway but like i we just looked out the window this morning and there's this road surfacing vehicle driving and it was like a private company's road surfacing vehicle i'm like if the state is not it doesn't want to own road surfacing equipment. What the hell is going on? Like, oh, you're, oh, you're definitely not going to need road surfing surfacing equipment. That's something you've got to pay yeah. private the private sector for. I, I was just like, this is that really gets my freaking socialism heckles up. But please continue. <laughs> but there, but all I, what all I was going to say was that some things our shared societal responsibility and then you can have your little competition about who wrote more of a song if that's how you want to do your working relationship or if you want to be good at running races or you want to be a billionaire but like the the, the I don't understand how we can uh, there are there are there are there are a couple of such major challenges in the world at the moment that I don't know how we can 
I don't know how individuals can survive them unless we all survive them. Well, yeah, it's, it's like right. it's making it's so, making climate change and recycling an individual problem. Like that's 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 kind of another way in which this this way of thinking yeah. fails us. Um, oh no, yeah. we've just got to not drink use plastic straws, or maybe we should have regulation on pumping out you know whatever tons and tons Oil. and tons of carbon unnecessarily into the atmosphere like that's where <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah like the state is yeah. that this attitude permeates into the places where it really should not i mean we can't even get our shit together to ban plastic straws <laughs> do you know what i mean like going? do it <laughs> it's still going i mean i don't know but you know what i mean like it's it's we we recognize but it's again it's a thing where it's up to us to to go into a bar and say no to a straw mm. rather than the straws to just not be there. Yeah. And also, like, to deny, to sort of blame the individual for problems is to deny the sort of, um, like, people like to sort of do the, the same thing everyone else is doing. People feel more comfortable. It's, it's, if you know that wearing a mask is the right thing, but everyone else is, like, not bothering, you feel self-conscious about wearing a mask. Yes. And, like, that yeah. is... Yeah. I, I think that's a whole different... It's like, you know, I pick up rubbish, for example. If I walk past something in the street and pick it up, I'll, I'll just go, I'll fucking put it in the bin. And then you get to a point where you're, I, I now don't give any fucks, I just do it. Mm. But but it takes actually takes a, 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 a time or, or walking on a beach. Like, I'll pick up rubbish off a beach if there's no one on the mm. beach. But I've only just this started recently getting brave. And it is brave. I don't want to be the weirdo. Yeah, that wears exactly. a mask and picks up rubbish yeah. and everyone thinks he's a weirdo. Mm. Though I think people already think <laughs> I'm a weirdo. So I just need to embrace the weirdo. But you know, like the 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 um that there is that sort of unless it's mandated, unless it's uh like, you know, in, in yeah. I, I just Yeah, think it's like that, school uniform or, you know, that kind of thing. Like it, it's just better, just it just yeah. some stuff you're not just fighting against like what's the scientific advice what's the right thing to do you're also fighting against this human instinct not to sort of stand out too much and unless you oh, say yeah. here are the rules yeah. so everyone can go well it's the rules i have to wear this uniform i have to wear this mask then like people aren't very yeah. good at sort of like going against the grain of society to do the right thing like no and we do and that's why we no. do make those people heroes but we i mean we you know for some things we shouldn't be relying on heroes we should just be uh yeah. Just be like, you know, come on. It. Yeah. Two anecdotes relating to personal responsibility. <laughs> Uh, based uh, in, around my flat, um, we, I, I put some a small amount of leftovers in a plastic pot in the fridge, and it's been two weeks, and I'm scared to open the pot now. I keep forgetting to put it out in the bin, and Joe's like, "Should we just, should we just throw the pot away?" And I was like, "We can't. Ivanka will murder us." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's only a little pot. We could just throw the pot away. 
Uh, but the other one is that yesterday morning, like because of they're doing our they're, they are doing our pavement. They've they've made little sort of paths, protected like uh, railed off pathways to our doors. So it's sort of like quite a narrow thing, and with those plastic sort of uh, weighted down things, so you have to sort yeah, of walk yeah. around and down. Um, but yesterday I sort of came around and down, and there was just like a dead mouse in the middle of the very narrow uh. constrained path, and I was like, I'm just going to. Um, just ride past that and get on with my day and hope someone else deals with it. And I, yeah. then I was thinking, well, who's going to deal with it? Whose responsibility is that? Hope maybe the workmen yeah. will take responsibility for it or maybe it's going to fall to some kind person or maybe it's going to be like so many dog turds and people are just going to step in it until it turns into a sort of like bony smear in uh. dried up sort of bony, furry... Sorry, I'm going I to I think your mouse metaphor is a good one. You know, that's it. Like, who, who who's going to pick up the mouse? Who's going to pick up the dead uh, mouse from and the it, pavement that everyone's got to use? It? I mean, it was weird because it was it was a sort of like not that many people were going to be using this bit of pavement because it was sort of our private path to, to like. So there was only about three or yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, Christ, and because if it was like if it if there was more people, then I wouldn't have probably even thought about it because I was like, oh, someone's going to do something about it because I knew yeah, there was that more limited but, group of people. It suddenly got me thinking. So there you go. Like when you when you're aware of too many other people and you, you stuff does, someone will deal with it sooner even living in a house with loads of other children it was a bit easy to go i'm just gonna slack off a bit because there's just too many people like um or like worried yeah, yeah, paranoid yeah, yeah. that people are going to think i've snapped i've slacked off or like you know if there's too many people in a building and someone does not have good toilet uh toilet brush etiquette they can get away with it because there's too many people so yeah you know think it's easier yeah easier to be lazy or easier to to behave badly on a which is why china has this surveillance state thing but i think what what i think about all this personal responsibility versus individualism and uh it ultimately is that societal responsibility doesn't replace personal responsibility mm. All of us can take personal responsibility for the things that we can take personal responsibility for, and that's cool. But they are not mutually yeah, exclusive. Yeah, it's not either I or. That's think. brilliant. That's a great breakthrough. Next time I'm talking to someone that is saying, oh, but personal responsibility, I'm saying, yes, personal responsibility and state support and a yeah, safety yeah, yeah, net. Yeah, Imagine that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. not saying... Don't yeah, yeah, be yeah, responsible. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, I think that's um, a really interesting oh. thing that I hadn't thought of. No. Me there we go. Glad we have this yeah. chat. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it again. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes. If you like the podcast, there is a patreon.com slash grandpodcast. You can subscribe, grandpodcast.com. Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. Find, find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> drop us an email, hello at grandpodcast.com if you want. Um, if you don't Please want, do. that's, that's fine Always too. Always nice to hear from people. 
do whatever you like. Yeah. It's your life. Um, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> bye. See you next week. Bye. 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 bye.